Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody, that was Jeff Pitchell's Fat Cigar you were listening to, and that means it's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke, coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio headquarters in Hooksett, New Hampshire. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us, please, on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google, basically wherever you get your podcast from. I'm Pastor Padron, and I'm here with my co-hosts, uh, Paul and Dave. Nick is on vacation. We have Bree from the 724 Lounge and very special guest favorite guest yes eric wentworth back again executive vp of cigars at hammer and sickle it is really good to have you back eric. thanks for having me again guys why did you come back again i'm asking myself the same question right now <laughs> <laughs> don't ask too hard we're just glad that you're here and uh, as you can imagine when eric's on the show we are smoking something hammer and sickle and tonight it is the berlin wall box pressed churchill yes sir and you want to tell us a little bit about this cigar what's in it and all of that good so, stuff it's a Honduran Puro. It's a Honduran Puro. Honduran Criollo wrapper. Everything's aged at least five years. Mm. Uh, very, I would say medium bodied. Mm-hmm. Uh, very Cuban-esque, just earthy. Um, pretty much, I mean, it's a Honduran cigar. It's a Honduran cigar. For me, you, t- you typically get the same you know, type of notes out of Honduran. You get the, the earth, you get... A little bit of creamy, a little bit of nutty. Right, right. Um, a little spice in there. Yeah. When it's a Hunter and Piro, they all they're all very similar mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I specifically like ours because the smaller ring gauge and the box press gives right. it a little bit more, a little more power. You get a little more flavor. I feel out of a box press. Would you say these right now are the probably the as full as it gets for Hammer and Sickle? It's this or the Hermitage. Okay. Um, Hermitage. I would say the Hermitage is a little more full-flavored. Mm-hmm. This is a little more full-bodied. Okay. Are we going to do this again, Dave? Mm. Don't do not do it again, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, um, uh, Bree, do you want to tell us what it is that we are pairing with this tonight? Yeah, so... Um we are fortunate with Hammer and Sickle because not only are they a cigar line, but they are also a vodka line. So um, we have one of our 724 Lounge craft cocktails um, called the Winter Solstice. So it's a little bit of Hammer and Sickle vodka, a little bit of a sparkling cranberry juice, a little bit of Domaine de Canton, which is like a ginger liqueur, and a splash of ginger beer. So it's going to... it's. Paul was saying earlier, so it's called the winter solstice due to some of the flavors that are more um, like like herbal as far as like you would find in maybe like a classic Yule winter cocktail, but mm. it's just as refreshing and could be enjoyed in the summer as well. So it makes it kind of like a double-sided two-faced drink. <laughs> double-sided. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to rename it the summer solstice. Oh, no. 
there you go. <laughs> I don't know garnished with a square of ginger. Only because I could absolutely crush these in the summer. It's very refreshing. <laughs> yes, it is it's very, very, very refreshing. And I, you have to remind, I'm, I'm taking the place of Nick, too, so I have to use some of his words. It's fantastic. <laughs> and you have to have no. seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to crush these in the summer. <laughs> crush these in the summer. Until the ginger spice starts to get to you and yeah. you regret it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sneaks up on you. That's how it gets you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So what's our initial thoughts before we get to talking to Eric about some things and what's been happening in Hammer and Sickle? Um, Paul, what, what's your initial thoughts on your uh, summer solstice it's and transcendent your- first of all the, the, the drink is incredibly smooth flavorful nice little bit of sweetness the ginger uh, the it's it's the cranberry just right mm. it is absolutely just a perfect smooth sweet just a tang a little bit of spice there but you know it's been we've had this now for maybe five ten minutes so that's really calmed down a lot I could absolutely have a couple of these, no problem. With the cigar, cigar on its own, uh, I love the cigar. Uh, nice, earthy, sweet, um, a little bit of floral on the exhale, and, and also on the retrohale too, nice light spice. I'd say medium, medium plus, really, really nice. Thank you. What do you think, Brie? Now, have you had the uh, box press bourbon wall before? No, so box press is one of my favorite types of cigars. I love um, the construction of this. Like right off the bat, I was like, that's a beautiful cigar, and I'm enjoying the way that it holds. Um, but so far, um, it's it's very smooth. It's not too crazy. I do get a little bit of the spice, and it's kind of funny because combined with the cocktail, mm-hmm. um, the ginger in the drink, which is almost spicy on its own, and then the little bit of spice that you get from the cigar um, cancel each other out in the right way. So it, mm. it makes for a really enjoyable pairing. It's it's not too over the top as you might have suspected. Um, I, I would say it's pretty perfect. Yeah, awesome. the, the ginger goes really well with the cigar. Yeah, I'm enjoying the pairing very much as well. Uh, I think the um, the I think the cigar has a little bit more body than the drink, mm-hmm. but because of the ginger and the spices in there, it's holding up. And the sweetness in the drink and the sweetness in the cigar and the the spice of the ginger, you know, really complement each other. And uh, very, very good. Now, Eric, I want to talk a little bit about box pressing. Yep. All right. So, originally, the Berlin Wall came out as a regular, you know, round cigar. Yep. And then a few years ago... For some reason, all of a sudden you said, hey, what if we press these things? Yeah, we just wanted to kind of change a lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were at a point where we're, we're a small boutique company. Right. So we don't want to get too, too big facings wise. So instead of coming out with something new, we wanted to pump new energy into something old. Okay. And so we had all of our cigars at the time mm-hmm. box pressed. To see which one we like the best and the berlin wall it's the same exact blend that the berlin wall is it just completely changes it by box pressing it um and it just it works yeah it, it, it's amazing how this changed mm-hmm. that cigar now you know that that leads right to the question you know what exactly is box pressing how is it done you know, I mean, kind of exactly like it sounds. It's just, you know, you box press it. Um, 
There's stuff called <laughs> these things called cigar molds, and you just kind yeah. of press it until it's a square, and there, there you go. So one of the theories <laughs> as to why it originally started was to fit more in the box to get okay. more out of shipping. Mm. Um, and the other school of thought, what other people think, I guess, is they made it so it wouldn't roll off the table. Hmm. Yeah, I heard, I, so that's what I heard too. For, those are the for, two origin stories of the box press, specifically for sailors. But you know, yeah. if you're on a ship, so it won't, it won't roll off. Uh, what? I said Anne for Brie. Anne for Brie. <laughs> I, I like things that are aesthetically pleasing and that balance well, so I like that I can just put the cigar down and it won't roll anywhere. <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, I mean, I love a box press cigar. That's. Uh, I just what it. what what about box press makes a cigar more enticing for you? I, I think so. During the process of going from round to box press, I really learned that you you do get a little bit more strength and flavor. Mm. It seems like I could be totally wrong, but that's my experience with it. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. So let me just take all the fact checking out of here to say to me, this is what uh, happened. And you know, it just made me like it even more outside of the aesthetic purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that it just it changes the cigar so much. Yeah, and you know, I think it has something to do with the fact. I, it, they use less tobacco. They do, yes. Um, to be able to box press it, mm-hmm. so when they push it all together, right? I, you know, it blends better. It, you know, it, it could marry the binder, wrapper, and filler together better. You know, I'm, there's know, less there's less air in, in, yeah. inside, and so it slows the burn rate. Slows the burn, and that changes the com- when you change the combustion rate. Yep, you change how you experience the tobacco yep it's like when you go from a 60 to a lancero right completely different cigars completely different smoking styles and it's the same thing round to box press so you did not tweak the blend at all not at all box press versus the original not at all okay Mm. um because i love this i like the old berlin wall i love this one see i was really happy when we did it because berlin wall the the round one was one of my least favorite in the lines mm. i just never found myself going to it i liked it mm-hmm. but i just never found myself chain smoking those like i do all the other lines we have right and when we did this this is a regular mm. and i yeah i just love it i'm so happy we went with it and now you know there's there's a number of different you know companies of course that do variations of you know round versus box pressed yeah. and stuff like that in in the case of hammer and sickle with this cigar this did so well yes. in sales that it basically consumed yeah. the, the round. That's the round the, just stopped selling. The, it, it's, it, it's amazing to me. Yeah, just, we, just you do that one thing different, and all of a sudden something good yeah. becomes great to the point where it wasn't even worth carrying the original anymore. Yeah, we, we pulled the original. Um, you know, we changed the packaging. Mm-hmm. You know, the original came in the marble, which was awesome and eye-catching. Yeah. But we did these little zipper and travel humidor cover. pouches. <laughs> and uh, people were drawn to these more so than the marble, too. I mean, it just worked. And I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, you know, as as somebody who works in the the retail, I, I'm very happy with the zip packaging too. Mm-hmm. 
versus the, the eight pound marble box. Shipping those things was the worst. <laughs> was the worst. My toes feel so much safer around these. And we get we get calls from all over the country. Oh, the front part of the marble fell off. Mm. Can you ship me another one? Well, that one's just going to break too. Like these, it was actual marble, that right? Was right. Glued together. So I ended up buying a bunch of Gorilla Glue, and when people would call and complain about it, I'd send them that and just be like, can you just throw a little glue on it, put it back together? Because this, like, if I send an empty one, it's just going to shatter. Yeah. You know, right. it needs something right. on the inside. And to hold, to yeah. get the vibrating from yep. wrecking it apart. So made my life a lot easier. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, th this is really good. Um, so what have you been up to lately with all everything going on are you getting out more now that things are opening up a little bit more or is it still too in flood you know here in new hampshire things are a little bit more open up where you are but other parts of the country aren't so much so. i mean it's still tough i mean i have a six-year-old at home oh so, you know still having to watch her her daycare just opened up two weeks ago Ooh. and then her school was supposed to open up in a couple weeks but that got pushed back four weeks now wow. or three weeks because they messed up on a roof and didn't order enough plexiglass and stuff like <laughs> it's just insane teachers uh, need to be behind plexiglass yeah <laughs> I, it's a nightmare but uh yeah i'm still i get out to visit a few shops you know we have the mm -hmm. brokers throughout the country and everything so right. you know my days of traveling a ton were over anyway right right but it's been nice i haven't been on a plane in six seven months it's great that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's nice being home with the family more. Yeah. Do you, so, is it fair to say you don't miss the travel? I miss it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Seeing the people hanging out, you know, living that environment, it was awesome. But being home is great. Right. And I do miss it because, you know, sometimes I'm just like, all right, I'm, <laughs> I'm done here. I got to go to California for a week. You know? <laughs> but. Yeah, there's nowhere to run to anymore. No. <laughs> so, there's nowhere to run to. There's no hiding. But uh, no, I don't look forward to traveling again, though. Mm. So it's been good, though. And business has picked way back up. Yeah. You know, it's uh, the first couple months, you know, like everybody, it was a little slow just because. Sure. I mean, New Hampshire was great because they were able to do cash and carry mm. or curbside. Mm -hmm. But like Massachusetts most of the towns are still lounges closed yeah you know so they don't want reps coming in and talking to them anyway they don't right you know there's not much to do it's just on the phone so but the numbers are still good at this point it's it's picked up big time that's awesome man so i mean all the retailers are doing great you know and the only problem is we're running into product issues Everybody is. It's yeah. Because the factory is. shut down for three months, right? Two months, whatever it was, and you know, yeah, yeah. People, people, you know, you know, don't understand that uh, you know what. Even though it happened several months ago, we're still playing catch up. Now you're playing catch up because yeah. everything that the that the suppliers had in stock and ready to go has been gone through. Yep. But the cigars, once they're made, they have to sit. And a lot of them aren't back to full capacity. They're not getting everybody right. back. A lot of the employees aren't coming back, you know, so they're working at 50 to 75%. And, you know, I know in the Dominican, they're running into a lot of packaging issues. Yeah. And, you know, it's just 
one hurdle after the next. Right, right, right. So. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be interesting for the next few months. I think. At, yeah. At least through the end of the year, I would think. Oh, before Things get. We're not the we're not getting back to normal anytime soon. Yeah. So. But we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Now, how are you? How you know? As you're dealing with your brokers throughout the country, you know, you're not only you know dealing with you know the shops that you have you know personal relationships like twins mm-hmm. you, you got to deal with your brokers and stuff all over the country how are you handling all of that extra headache of you know stores saying where's my stuff and uh you know i i tell all the brokers you know you have my number give it to the shop owner uh, you know if they have an issue they can call me anytime um you know i don't i don't really think it's the broker's problem to deal with you know they have enough on their plate having to go out and sell and you know try and sell on the phone now and instead of having to deal with somebody for 20 minutes you know getting upset why they don't have their products (laughs) or half shipped or whatever you know so um it's been a lot of putting out fires (laughs) yeah i can only imagine but they're understanding now because it's happening to everybody you know the big guys obviously have way more product and, sure. You know they they were able to last a little longer, but now I mean everybody's running into the issue. Yeah. So. Even the big guys are are having those issues. Now drones having oh, yeah. issues, and once yeah. people start seeing that, they're like, oh okay. Yeah. It makes sense. It's not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Oh my goodness. But have you had to give away any sneakers or anything to keep people happy? No. No. I was never that bad yet. He'd never do that. My sneakers are my babies. <laughs> <laughs> Now, when was the last time you were on the show? A couple of months ago? Mm-hmm. Have you bought any new sneakers since then? Oh, yeah. COVID <laughs> has not been good on my wallet. <laughs> has not been good on your wallet. No. So, uh, about how many new pairs of sneakers have you purchased, would you say, in the last uh, eight weeks? In the last eight weeks? Yeah. Seven. Seven. So, it's about one pair a week. Yeah. It's bad. And, and your wife is fine with this? Uh, we're running out of room to put them now. So that's say, becoming you, a problem. Did you get rid of any, Eric? No. You don't. You don't like put any on eBay or anything like that. No. I, I, I buy what I want. That makes me happy. Have you ever thought about Hammer and Sickle coming out with sneakers? Oh, vodka, cigars, <laughs> and sneakers. A flask built into the bottom. Something like that. You know, a little cigar cutter in the heel. You know. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> you sure? Because I, I think that's that, would, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you're off the brand team. <laughs> <laughs> little hammer and cigar shoe. <laughs> I do have some pairs that people have gotten me as gifts that have yes. hammer and sickle logos. So, do you ever wear those? No, I've never seen you wear those. No, don't. Do you wear them around the house? No, those are up on the shelves. They're just up on the shelf. To, Looking to pretty. Look, look pretty. Yeah, yeah. Conversation piece. Conversation shoes. No one ever asks. Yeah. <laughs> do you have Do you have conversation shoes, Bree? I do. My fluffy yeah. skunks. Your fluffy skunks. Yeah. Mm. You, you guys have You've worn them on the show before. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Fluffy yeah. skunks. And then whenever I bounce my foot, it looks like there's like a little skunk crawling around. Correct. Yep. yep. You've seen it. I like it. I scared a couple of old ladies when I went out to a restaurant, and um, they were like, oh my God, there's something under your table. Oh. So, Brie, how many pairs of shoes do you think you have? Uh, I don't want to play this game. 50? 
50? Oh, 50. Wow. Is that a lot? 60. 50 to 60? I mean, not compared to people I know. I know people that have hundreds and hundreds of pairs of shoes. <laughs> whole <laughs> walk-in closets full of shoes. Now you know one more. <laughs> so, yes. This is, I think, the yeah. first guy I know. That <laughs> but sneakers are a serious feat these days. So. Yes. <laughs> a serious feat. It is a, it is a big thing. I see what you did there. I like Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eric, one of the things that, you know, we do on the show is we do uh, Pastor Padron's Cigar Confessions. Okay. And one of the things that I've gotten into doing is when we have a guest on the show, I kind of pass the baton to them. And I have oh. been asking, what is one of your big cigar smoking pet peeves? Or if you want to be positive about it, you know, if you want to go all less brown, you know, <laughs> all right. What is one thing you would love to tell cigar smokers out there that would help them enjoy the cigar smoking experience even better? Well, the first thing is stop licking the cigar. <laughs> That's like, and I'm not like the person who, you know, slobbers on the end of it before mm -hmm. they cut it is one thing. Mm hmm. But the person who like takes it out of the cellophane and then licks it from foot to cap, I have seen that. I, I have happening? never understood What's wrong that. With that. What is happening? Oh, it, it evens out the burn. How? <laughs> what? Well, it's a it's a tradition that's passed down before we had humidifiers. So to keep the cigar like you know properly humidified, people would lick it. So that it would burn properly. But we don't need to do it anymore. But it's 2020. Has I don't see how that would help because it's not evenly licked. How, how, how do you know that? It doesn't help. Where's the you, first thing you where, said? Where did you, where did you come up with that? Tobacco is university. Oh, yes. It's actually oh, in there that, that yeah. people, people did you that. Still, to, you still, it's in the, like, you know, the, the do's and don'ts Q&A type of place. Mm -hmm. The facts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Hmm. I don't remember that. That's but. very interesting. It's I, I've I've seen people do it and I have never quite understood it because you know wet things don't burn so yeah. why you would lick the entire cigar and you look like I, I don't even know what how do you politely refer to somebody who just this the noise makes it worse. The slobber knocker. Okay. Yeah, I mean, how, how do you do that? And then, yeah. We spend so I much totally, money. Totally agree with you. We spend so much money humidifying them at the warehouse. Right. You guys spend so much money humidifying them here. At, like, they're perfect. They're ready to smoke. You don't need to lick it. There's nothing that needs to be done. Cut it, smoke it, enjoy it. Thank God. Yes. But, but the worst is when they do that and then wonder why we don't have public cigar cutters out right now. Yeah. And why we yeah. won't cut their cigar for them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they lick it. Can I borrow your cutter? No, no, no. You cannot borrow my no. cutter. You know when you know every once in a while. You know it happens. You know pretty much any shift that I'm on, somebody will say, "Can you cut my cigar?" I don't even take it out of the cellophane. I yep. Yeah. Cut, cut the end of the cigar. I don't touch the cigar. Yeah. You know. Um, you know. It, it's just you just don't want to to get germs on on your stuff, and so. Yeah. It, it people still ask how come there's no community cutter I, well, I we're in the middle of a pandemic I, yeah. I don't really care whether you believe it's a legit thing or not but just seeing like things yeah. that, that you just said if it never comes back that's fine with me yep 
I don't, you know, that that was one of the most ridiculous. Anything else other than that, than licking the cigar? Totally agree with that. I mean, for a positive thing? Well, no, like, whatever. I mean, it could be something that annoys you, too. Uh, there's not much that annoys me. There's a lot um, that annoys you. You're just not going to talk about it on the radio. You know, the guy who ashes, you know, you have this beautiful ashtray here, mm-hmm. and then you have the guy who ashes on the, the handlebar. <laughs> Like this. <laughs> like that. That, that, that guy annoys me so much. <laughs> Why? I've Why been watching you? you do it the whole time. And Why, I'm does that annoy you? Why does that annoy you? It's a beautiful ashtray. It's not aesthetically pleasing. I, yeah. just, I just want to touch it now. You ruined it. Now your finger's gross. And you're going to shake my hand at the end of the day. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. You don't want to know where else it's been. Oh, jeez. Mm. But yeah, no. I mean, there's not much that annoys me. No, no. I'm pretty easy going. Does mashing out a cigar annoy you? I don't see that happen a lot anymore. Mm. Well, you haven't been around Paul much. <laughs> <laughs> I've been better. Somebody's Dave. just been thrown under the bus. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. Well, I was thrown under the bus during the Kurt and uh, Charlie Moore show. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to stick up for Paul. He's been a lot kinder to his cigars. I want to do it, Dave, but you know, since you were Dick or Dan with me, I just kind of like put it right in the ashtray. Let it rest. It just like happened this morning. It was awesome. He just looked at the cigar and he was frustrated with it. And you could tell that he just wanted to Hulk smash that thing to to doom, and yeah. he just put it in the barrel. Like, you wanted to smash that, didn't you? And he's like, yeah. Get my frustrations out of it. My one recommendation, though, is never smoke a new cigar if you're angry, in a bad mood for any reason. Mm -hmm. Never try something new. Smoke something you know that you like because Mm -hmm. if you, for some reason, you don't like it that day just because you're angry and a bad, it's not the same thing, you're going to still go back to it. But if it's a new cigar, you're going to give up on it because Mm -hmm. just of how you were that day. So you got to make sure you always have an open mind going into new products. I can totally dig that. Now, would you say, too, another reason to to kind of piggybacking on that is the whole aroma aromatherapy aspect of cigar smoking? If, you ha- if you're around a smell and a taste that you know and you like that relaxes you, that yes. you're more likely to enjoy it even if you're in a bad mood or had a bad day or whatever? Yeah, I mean, that's one big thing I love about cigars is, it, you know, you smoke something that you love. You know, you have a, mm-hmm. the celebration cigar that you smoke a couple times a year. That's 30, right. 40, 50 bucks, whatever it might be. Mm. But when you smoke it, you just, it's good times. It's happy thoughts, you know, it's, but yeah, you, you got to be in the right place to smoke new cigars. If you're upset, you're not going to like it. Mm. You, you got to go in with an open mind. I don't think I've ever thought about it like that, but I, I don't have any, I think that's good advice. That's what I'm here for. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, here to open You've your made eyes. my life a little bit better today. Uh, and that's not just blowing smoke. <laughs> so does Dave not talk anymore on the show? Not really. Because it's great. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Nick's not Thank here you. tonight. Dave isn't talking as much anymore. So you know, talking is you know it's it's gotten it's gotten a lot better. It's it's a whole new whole new echelon of communication and um, you know intelligible words. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul. 
continuing thoughts here? What, what's your what's your thoughts here on the uh, Churchill's? We come to the end of the first segment here. Sweet nuts. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> Thank you so from, much. From wherever you are. The sweet floral notes is really coming on strong now. I'm probably about halfway through the cigar. Mm. It, uh, the earthy tones have kind of settled down a little bit, but the sweet and floral notes, specifically mm-hmm. on the retrohale, is just outstanding. Mm. Really, really good. I like this very, very much. Do you get that same kind of floral note on other Honduran cigars? No, this is not. This, this is, is, what, this is yeah. something unique. Usually, yeah. I, I totally agree with you, Eric, when you talked about Honduran cigars, you know, a lot of earth, yeah. um, maybe a little bit of nut and wood and stuff like that. But this is unique in its own because you might get some earthy, uh, sorry, some sweet uh, floral notes in the beginning. This is really coming on now. The, the, mm-hmm. Now that I'm past the first third, this is uh, this is a really a, a treat to smoke. Thank you. Glad you enjoy it. Dave, do you want to tell us something about this cigar in uh, two words or less? Uh, <laughs> You're not allowed to use the word salt. All right, please. I'm not, I'm not getting a lot of salt. So. No salt. I just said you weren't allowed to use the word salt. But um, no, yeah, it's we get that mild spice. Um, yeah, I think it pairs really well with the drink. Mm-hmm. Um, they both have like that um, earthy spiciness to them, and they're complementing each other pretty well. Um, it's got like a, a subtle sweetness to it, and the draw, of course, because it's Bach press, is uh, what press? Bach press <laughs> is uh, what what is press? <laughs> See, Heather, Bach this press. is why it's not just rude. <laughs> he does have plenty to add. I totally agree, <laughs> but sometimes he doesn't complete the words that he means to say. All right, moving on. Dave, Bapa, Bapa, Yes, exactly. That's high praise. It's freaking fantastic. It's freaking fantastic. Well, it's three words, but we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> We're moving on. Three. What's what are your what final thoughts here? I can't follow that. I, was up. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna have to agree with um with Paul on that. Um, the drink is almost um I would I would expect it to get more watered down because of the ice and everything, but it's actually becoming um, a little bit more like robust and like like floral like sweet with the cigar, um, and the cigar is remaining consistent, and I'm I'm getting like still like a lot of creaminess. It's it's very mm-hmm. consistent and it's pairing even better as it goes along. It's it's changing, but it's staying mm-hmm. the same. It's if that makes any sense. It's, it's a contradiction, contradictory pairing. I think that the ginger in the drink really, you know, mm-hmm. is a contrasting pairing mm-hmm. to this, but it works. It, it does. Works. Yeah. It really, it, it kind of brings out the, the wood and leather notes, complements the spice and, you know, the, the, the floral sweetness in the cigar is kind of, you know, then put off by the the spice and the ginger. It's really, really good. Yeah. I'm liking the I'm liking the pairing. Although you, you've probably seen uh, throughout the podcast, I've been smoking much more than I've been drinking. Uh, I really enjoy the cigar and you know construction right on point with this. You know, look at that. The burn is great. The ash is great. 
We've got this nice um, whiter gray ash. There's no real flaking of it. Um, and looking around at everybody's cigars, it looks like it's the same experience all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, it's one of the things I love about Hammer and Sickle is that you know the 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 quality of the construction is totally on point. I can count on one hand the number of bad. Yeah. You know, plugged hammer and sickles yep. I've ever had. You know, uh, you it, you know, just like anything, ha- you know, this cigar may not be everybody's taste, but you can't complain about the um, uh, construction of it. It's a fantastic cigar, and if you like a good medium-bodied Honduran cigar that kind of emphasizes the the wood and leather and earth that gets a little richer than most Honduran cigars are, this is going to be right up your alley. Mm. I love mm-hmm. the cigar. <laughs> I hope so. That's my input on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this. This. Now, I think we've talked about it before, but it was, it was, I was asked by one of our listeners to ask again here on the show. It's very interesting that, you know, uh, the Heron Sickle Company, you know, wanted to go pair cigars with vodka. Yeah. Now, I know you are a big vodka drinker when you're smoking cigars. It's not the go-to drink that many people think of when you think of pairing with a cigar. What makes vodka to you such a good pairing for cigars? So my go-to drink is a vodka soda, no fruit, just Mm -hmm. so it's clean, crisp, uh, refreshing. And to me, it's almost a palate cleanser. I see what you're doing. <laughs> My skin's crawling. I hate you. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was very rude. Sorry. I'm very Sorry. Now I lost my train of thought. I'm all angry. And I want to smash my cigar. Train wreck. Um, but it, it's almost a palate cleanser for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it never overpowers the cigar. Mm-hmm. It goes with everything because it's. I mean, it's not tasteless. You still mm. get to taste, you know, with our vodka, you get uh, almost a little citrusy, vanilla y, you know, that's from the Russian winter wheat. Um, Ooh, Russian so winter wheat. Mm. You get that little, those little notes, and I, I just like it. it. It works, and everybody I tell to try it, they mm-hmm. like it too. You know, they're like, oh, I would have never thought just a vodka soda would go with a cigar. But at the end of the day, if you're drinking and smoking, it's a good time. <laughs> so, Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. (laughs) Amen to that. Now, another question we got from one of our listeners to ask is potato vodka versus wheat vodkas. What's your what's your take on both? What's the differences between both? And which is uh, now hammer? Like you just said, is it's a wheat? Yeah, it's a Russian winter wheat. It's a Russian winter wheat. Um, what's the what's the deal with that? So potato vodka to me, I, I'm not a big fan of potato vodka. Okay, um, it's a mouthfeel thing for me. Mm. I don't like vodka that's been in the freezer either. Mm-hmm. When it's in the freezer, it gets a little thicker. Mm-hmm. It feels, and I, I just don't like it. Um, but potato vodka, in its nature, is a thicker, creamier liquid. I guess, mm-hmm. and uh, more viscous. That's a good word. More viscous. Yeah. Dave, you've chimed in with something useful. That was awesome. <laughs> He's been and you said viscous correctly. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. That uh, is awesome. 
Heather, you should be so proud of Dave. He said viscous. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, again, I mean, that comes down to what you like. And, you know, potato vodka has more flavor mm-hmm. where uh, wheat vodka is more for going for the crisp, clean, almost flavorless thing. Right. You know, it, it's meant to be mixed with cranberry juice and you don't really taste it. It's meant mm-hmm. for that type of stuff. Um, and now with the potato, uh, it is more expensive because there's an extra step. So it, that's why the bottles are more expensive. So right. you have to get rid of the starches before you go through the process. Correct. Right? Look at you. You did wow. your research. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just made myself look good. Yes. <laughs> Proud I have of you. no idea what I'm talking about, but there you go. But that is correct. There we go. And we're glad that you've been on this show again with us. This is fantastic. You're not hanging around for the pipe, huh? No. Next time, maybe? Next time. No more tears for Eric. Next, next time, I, I will smoke a pipe again. Okay. I just have to I, mentally prepare for it. I promise to make it a much more... Is there like a Skittles pipe tobacco? <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 we'll make sure. We'll make Londonberry. Like a Sunshine and Rainbows. For those of you who may not have been with us since the beginning, you know, Eric's first experience really smoking the pipe was when we did uh, Dark, Bird Dark Bird's Eye, Eye cool. which is like the uh, dark uh, espresso of pipe tobacco. And uh, I had was, nicotine shakes for a week. It was, it, <laughs> you know, it was rather cruel of me to make that his uh, introduction to the uh, oh, pipe so thing. Uh, so it's it, about a year later now, and you know, he, he's I'm almost still, ready. He's almost ready. I'm almost I've ready. Scarred him for life. <laughs> almost. I got to mentally prepare for this. And I got to buy another pipe because I got so frustrated. I just, just gave, gave it away. It, gave it to Dave, I think. <laughs> And then he broke it, it. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that the pipe you broke, Dave? That's correct. Mm. He's sticking to that two-word thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Affirmative. <laughs> well, that's three syllables. That counts as two words. <laughs> it is a big word for him, so it counts as two. Well, thank you very much for being with us, Eric. We'll see you again real soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Hang in there, guys. We're going to take a little bit of a break, switch over to pipes, and we'll be right back talking about Robert McConnell's St. James Park. Don't go anywhere. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Not Just Blowing Smoke. We are starting off with Robert McConnell's St. James Park. That's what we're doing tonight, right? Yes. Yes. St. James Park. It's uh, manufactured by Colas and Kopp in uh, Denmark. It is a Scottish blend of Black Cavendish, Latakia, Turkish Orientals, and Virginia. It is a ribbon cut. There's no flavoring on this bad boy. Bree, what are we pairing with this uh, Scottish pipe tobacco tonight? All right, so we have um, a Portero whiskey. Um, we, we did have it over at the lounge. Um, it's, it's you know, keeping it simple, I would say. It's definitely mm. a more generic, like, classic American whiskey. Um, it's it's not as well known, so I'm curious, honestly, to see how it is. I've, mm-hmm. I've never actually tried this one before. Mm. It's very nice. As, um, it definitely a nice has a very familiar aroma. Um Nice sweetness in the beginning, and just a nice little spice in the back. Mm-hmm. Smooth. Very smooth and sweet. Nice body smooth. to it. 
ABV. There's a little bit of um, honey to it too. It's um, there's like a little bit of like a honey finish. Um, mm. It's a little stronger than your normal whiskey. You think so? Fifty-one point two. Oh, true, true. Yeah, ABV wise it is, but taste wise it no, almost tastes like it, there's an ice cube in it already. Yeah. It's like melting. Yeah. And yeah. there is not. No. There is not. Straight Only up. the ginger I'm about to add now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious how that will change it. <laughs> it will. Oh, wow. <laughs> ginger and honey. Oh, my goodness. Uh, initial thoughts on the pipe tobacco and the pairing. Dave, do you want to give your two cents? Um, it's a little, little woody. And... Uh, <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really. I think the drink is is. I'm getting. I th I think I'm getting some of the Virginias, like uh, maybe a little stone fruit, um, but mostly some um, some wooden leather. It's very. Uh, it's kind of creamy. Getting a little bit of uh, maybe floral in the retro hail. A little small amount of that. Yeah. Okay. So wood, leather, creamy. Wood, leather, creamy. Little floral in the retro. Mm -hmm. Paul, what's your first impressions here? Okay. So I had this tobacco earlier today. I wanted to, to test drive this because I've never had this before. Good. And uh, in the beginning, I was getting, I didn't get, I read the description of the tobacco. Mm -hmm. I know uh, based on the, the blend, you know, Virginia, uh, Latakia, Orientals, uh, we were looking for a stone fruit, um, some mesquite, mm -hmm. uh, earth, uh, I was getting a lot of earth and leather notes initially. That's all I was getting. Mm -hmm. No, no, no dried fruit, no stone fruit, no mesquite. Um, nothing from the Orientals as far as any uh, uh, floral notes. Mm -hmm. And with the drink, however, still getting the earth and leather notes, but it's helping to bring out the Orientals for me. And specifically on the retro hail. Now I'm getting a lot more of the floral notes mm. on the retro hail. So it, uh, I wasn't too, let's put it this way, I wasn't really uh, taken with this tobacco initially today. Now with the drink, I am. Mm. Very interesting. I also felt, I smoked it along with Paul, and I felt like uh, we'll see if it holds true, but. Uh, as I went through the bowl, once I was like halfway through the bowl, I feel like um, it really developed more to the Virginia side where the stone fruit taste came in. Uh, the Oriental started kicking in. So I'm wondering what the dynamic is going to be with the pairing. Okay. All right. Bree, I know this is your first experience with this tobacco. Yes. And, and this uh, mm -hmm. whiskey. So what, what are your first impressions on this uh, pairing that we've created? Um, so I think I'm honestly, st I'm still trying to red my palate of the ginger from the, <laughs> um, I'm still, like, honestly, my palate right now is, I think, a little bit distracted. <laughs> I'm still, because when I took a puff out of the pipe tobacco, I was like, mm, spice, okay, ginger. yep, more spice, mm -hmm. and still getting spice, and spice and spice on spice, but <laughs> I've, I've been spice girl. <laughs> I've switched it around a little bit, and um, I am getting a lot of the mesquite now. Like mm. I'm, I'm getting um, a little bit of like mesquite undertones, um, but initially, um, I, I got 
some like a slight hint of sweetness and i think it was brought out by the honey and the whiskey um this is definitely a sweeter spirit it's um it's there's not really any spice to it but i am getting spice in the pairing and i think that's due to the combination of the two um but i feel like the mesquiteness from the pipe tobacco rounds out the sweetness from the whiskey a lot and it makes it um more enjoyable But I'm, I am still trying to rid my palate of that ginger. It's still very, <laughs> I haven't even touched this cube yet. <laughs> oh, my. I, I definitely get mesquite from this, as kind of a smoked mesquite. I definitely get that floral note. Um, woody, deep fruit. Um, there's a smoothness, a creaminess to this tobacco that's brought about by, I think, by the Black Cavendish. Um, and uh, that may bring us right into a decent segue to talk a little bit more about uh, this tobacco here. Um, when Dunhill announced back in 2017 that it was going to be discontinuing um, its pipe tobacco and cigar, you know, business, but specifically pipe tobacco, the that kind of rocked the community. Um, and in 2018, they stopped producing uh, the Dunhill brands like um, Nightcap, Early Morning Pipe, you know, Deluxe Mixture Flake, uh, Royal Yacht, Standard Mixture, Elizabethan, My Mixture 1965, and Aperitif. Um, those have been favorites in the pipe smoking community for decades. Uh, 2018, we also saw McClellan uh, close its doors. And so it was like in in one year, two of the major um, uh, pipe tobacco producers stopped producing and people were like, you know, going nuts. And um, a bit over a year later, in uh, I think it was November of 2019, uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Group, which had been manufacturing the Dunhill blends for them for years, acquired the rights to the names and the recipes of those and started producing them under the Peterson name, uh, brought back a lot of you know joy and life to the pipe community by bringing back a lot of those blends. But there was about a year in between where there was nothing and there were a number of companies that created clones or rebranded recipes that were very close to those Dunhill blends in an attempt to kind of fill the gap and get people, you know, to, you know, maybe try something that was like those Dunhill blends. Um, and this was one of those things. Um, St. James Park, Park is one of the blends in McConnell's uh, Heritage Collection series. And all of the uh, Heritage Collection series are clones of Dunhill blends, meaning that they are blends that are meant to, as closely as possible, <clears throat> represent um blends of somebody else's in this case dunhill um in this case saint james park is a clone of dunhill's aperitif and it was originally called the appetizer oddly enough both mean 
pretty much exactly the same thing. And um, that was, you know, this was a, a tobacco that was meant to be really kind of enjoyed before dinner. It was something that was supposed to help get you ready to digest and everything like that. Just like an aperitif, you know, uh, in in the bartending world, it was a, a, something that you would take to get you ready to digest. This was something that was supposed to be smoked prior to dinner. So this is supposed to be a clone of Dunhill's aperitif. Now, I was not able to get my hands on a tin of Dunhill's aperitif, and a lot of the Peterson blends um, have been on back order. Uh, we just heard about how difficult it's been um, for a lot of these companies to kind of get back up on things. So we're going to be smoking this on its own and rating it on its own merits instead of comparing it to um, <clears throat> Dunhill or whether it's the old or the new. Although I, I do have to say, since Scandinavian, Scandinavian Tobacco Group was producing Dunhill for years, like maybe 15 years, the only thing that's changed with the Dunhill blends is the label on the tin. That's the only thing that's changed. The recipes are exactly the same, and, and indeed they had to be to meet FDA requirements to, to keep them on the shelves. So that's where we're at. You were going to say something, Bree, and I was kind of finishing a thought. What were you going to say there? Do you remember? Uh, no, I don't think I was actually going to no. say anything. I think I was just responding to what you said. Um, okay. Where's your, where's your baton? I was going to say it's in my bag. Oh. I almost meant to get it up on the break. But oh, look, Dave from the Cigar Hacks is here. Band. Dave, the Cigar God, is listening to us. That's fantastic. Rick Kellerman, also one of the hacks, is listening. Hello there, Rick. Nurse Rick, how you doing? Good to have you listening to the show there. And um, uh, there we go. So, Paul, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the news? Sure. <laughs> So last week we were talking about the flavored tobacco ban in California. Yes, we were. This week, it's amazing how we're going to talk about it again. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ballot referendum planned for California's flavored tobacco ban. Mm. Last month, or last week, I should say, <laughs> California passed a ban on flavored tobacco that will prohibit the sale of most flavored tobacco products in the state. As this as is this case with many new laws in California, the citizens might have a chance of undoing it. Ooh. An effort is underway to collect signatures to get the flavored tobacco ban put on the 2022 general election ballot, which would also mean a delayed implementation of the flavored tobacco ban. According to the Cigar Association of America, the following timeline exists for the ballot referendum. August 31st, 2020, proposed referendum filed with the Secretary of State. September 10th, 2020, is the deadline for Attorney General to, to prepare ballot title and summary. As soon as title and summary is completed, proponents may begin collecting signatures. November 26, 2020, is the deadline to submit signatures to county election uh, officials. December 10th, 2020, after signatures are submitted, county election offices will have eight working days to determine the raw count of signatures met, uh, meets the required threshold. Uh, December 31st of 2020, after signatures are submitted, 
County election offices will have 30 working days to verify the signatures if the raw count threshold was met. January 1st of 2021, SB 793 takes effect on this date if the referendum does not qualify for the ballot. So basically, uh, in order to qualify for the ballot, the referendum will need to get 5% of the total number of votes cast in the last gubernatorial election, which equates to needing 623,212 signatures to qualify. Mm. If it qualifies for the ballot, the law would then be suspended until November 8th, 2022, and the matter would be left up to the voters. So does that mean my Nat Sherman hints would come back? Or is Nat Sherman? No. No, that's a whole different animal altogether. No, no, unfortunately. um, Nat Sherman has closed its doors altogether as far as the production of cigars. Now, supposedly, an all the official news accounts with Nat Sherman, the cigarettes, um, which was, it's Altria, right? Bought Correct. Nat Sherman. Correct. St- you know, has the rights to those has the rights to those cigarettes, and supposedly that was not affected. And yet, it seems like they have all stopped. And uh, so, could they? Could the cigarettes come back in a little bit? I don't know. It's possible, but uh, Nat Sherman has officially closed its doors, and that is a very, very sad thing. Mm. Um, since 1930, Nat Sherman has been around. It's, yeah. it's just, uh, and it is such a shame to see that New York uh, store and um, lounge close after all these years. And, and a lot of that was due to COVID. You know, and everything being shut and they weren't able to operate. And you could just imagine how expensive a store in New York is, you know, rent wise, tax wise. And then when you add the tobacco tax on top of that, mm-hmm. that's just outrageous. But this this what what Paul's referring to is a specific um, legislative act in the state of California that blanket banned flavored tobacco in the sale of the state and they made some exceptions exemptions but (laughs) were they really (laughs) were they really here's the second part of the story too because they did get into what we were kind of questioning last week did this person who wrote the article get it right Mm -hmm. and apparently they did Uh, so california's flavored tobacco ban has a couple of exemptions first quote-unquote, premium cigars that are flavored would be exempt from the bin. However, the law defines premium cigars as costing at least $12 wholesale. Mm-hmm. Wholesale. So that's far more expensive than almost every flavored or infused cigar sold on the market. Effectively exempting no cigars unless manufacturers choose to increase the prices to comply with California's law. So, in context, it would only exempt cigars with an MSRP of at least twenty-four dollars, mm-hmm. and when you add the taxes on, it's basically thirty-six to thirty-seven dollars. Can so you imagine? Ma- so, like a Cuba Cuba, yeah, thirty-seven bucks. Ugh. Yep. Where it's only ten here. Mm-hmm. That's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. Imagine paying thirty-seven dollars. <laughs> then, then you're getting into the whole Canada price range. For cigars, poor Rod. You know, poor Rod. Exactly. You know, I I have a another um, 
uh, Canadian friend who told me that they, uh, um, Charter Oak, which we sell here for anywhere between five and six bucks, is around seventeen to twenty dollars. Oh my god, in that's crazy. Canada, and um, needless to say, he buys his here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he vacations, <laughs> yeah. you know, and even paying the hundred percent tax that he has to in order to take the cigars back over the border, he's still saving money. <laughs> Just that's outrageous. Crazy. Just outrageous. So. You know, how now, obviously, the 10th, you know, is just a few days away. This is right. the 7th right. when we're recording this. Um, do we know where they're at as far as getting this thing done or whether we or not don't, they're but going that's to? When, that's when the, they'll be able to go out and start getting signatures. They'll have just over two months to get them. So once the 10th happens, then they can start collecting signatures. They can start collecting and they have to get 623,000. 623,000. 5% of the gubernatorial vote. I wonder I wonder if they're going to be able to do that. Well, I mean, if enough people cuz California's got a huge population, oh, so sure. I can only imagine and you got to imagine there's a lot of smokers out there. Do they have to mail in their signature. <laughs> Mail-in ballots. <laughs> I, I, oh, I, I, bet they, I bet they can do it. I really do. I bet if, if there's a, look, there's a lot of, and I'm not going to use the word, peed off people mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the last thing they want is someone else telling them what to do. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I can almost bet that California in two months can get the, the right, the, the appropriate amount of signatures needed to get this on the ballot for 2022. Mm -hmm. If and you, you, maybe they don't even necessarily smoke flavored tobacco, right? I bet people will do it just because, just just because of what's happening out there. I would love to see that happen. Yeah, I would me too. love. I would. To see I would love it. See, I would love it if it was twenty percent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I would love to see them just kill it, just crush it, yeah. just crush it. As Nick would say, just crush it, the, just crush it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> a little silent bow for you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Nick. So crush it, Californians. This is, this is where it. we really could have used you tonight. Some kind of wonderful Nick comment. The one time. Sweet yes. nuts. Uh, yes, sweet nuts. I really wish they would do that. That would just be sweet nuts. Smoke it if you got it. <gasps> yep. Doesn't matter what it is, just smoke it. <laughs> do you have if one that burns? Says, light it up. Do you have some? Do you have something that says "drink it if you got it, Dave"? No, probably not. Well, but no, it's too bad. That would also be very Nick. Yes, yeah. right. very Nick-esque. <laughs> Sausage rope. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, now I, I'm really interested, Paul. I'm getting much more of that savory smokiness now yes, in yeah. the tobacco. Are you getting it? Yeah. Now that you're about halfway through. So, like I said, I smoked this earlier today, and I really wasn't taken by this tobacco. But for some reason, and I'm going to maybe give a little bit of the credit to the pairing. Mm -hmm. But I am getting a lot more of that savoriness. The mesquites coming through. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm still getting that earthy leather, but those. Uh, Orientals are really working overtime on the retro hill. That that floralness to mm. me is really coming through. It's really shining through. I'm I'm glad I gave this a second I second care. try. Mm. Yeah, the the floral is really coming through on the retro hill. I totally agree. And maybe I wasn't in the right frame of mind. <laughs> 
to have this tobacco really did you, today. Did you have a bad morning? No, call? no, just a little, little, little tired, you know. And and it was morning, and you know, Dave and I were scurrying about helping people, and mm-hmm. I, it was kind of a last minute decision for me to to have this tobacco. And maybe mm-hmm. I, I guess I wasn't sitting down really enjoying it. It was you know in between customers, and so maybe I didn't right. really have the right atmosphere or environment to appreciate it. And the plethora of phone calls so, saying, are and, you open? So in terms of what Eric has suggested, mm-hmm. not to try something new when you're not in the right frame of mind, uh, I would absolutely agree. That and was great advice. I, and it's fun. I never would have thought of that, and I absolutely agree with him. That was really great advice. I'd never mm-hmm. thought about it like that myself. Yeah. I think that is sage advice for you smokers out there. If sage you're in a bad advice. mood yes. or sage. you're hurried or... You're not able to sit and really enjoy something. Trying something new may not be the best choice. Stick with something you know, something you like, or something that you have <laughs> very low expectations on. <laughs> but don't necessarily try something new. Oh, my. Bree, are, are, is your opinion changing on this as you're smoking? Are you still so, trying to get rid of the well, the the ginger that's stuck between your teeth? Okay, so notably I did, because I was curious, add um, my cube of ginger to my whiskey, but I haven't been sipping the whiskey just to give it some space. I've just been smoking the tobacco. Um, you dropped I'm, your thing you in your whiskey. Though? That's I'm, so cute. I'm still getting a lot of spice. <laughs> Yes. I'm still getting a lot yeah. of spice from this. It's not a bad thing now. It's definitely rounded out more mm-hmm. um, to the point where I can get some of the floral notes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because I took a sip of the whiskey mm-hmm. after adding the ginger square. And let me just double check that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Feel yep, free still, to triple still check. Confirmed, so. Still confirmed. <laughs> So Still confirm, people. Wait, listen, listen. So, what, are, what are we confirming? My baton's in my bag, but I'm holding it. <laughs> um, All right. So before That's what she said, <laughs> the whiskey um, didn't really have much like bite or spice to it, mm-hmm. and um, since I added the square, it's um, it's not it's not really like it tastes like it has a ginger flavor, but it did get a little bit spicier. Mm-hmm. So it's almost it tastes like more of a generic whiskey now. Okay. So adding the ginger square actually kind of took away um, some of the honey sweetness. The honey sweetness is still there, but it's more of an overlay, and you do have like a little more like spice and bite mm-hmm. underneath, which I think actually does kind of um, play on the pipe tobacco. But it's personally a little bit too much spice for me. And I can see what you mean about this tobacco being something that you have like before dinner mm. as an aperitif, um, because I, I I wouldn't personally end my night with this tobacco. I would smoke this maybe like you know like you said before mm-hmm. going to get something to eat before like going out. Um, it's 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 a starter. It's not really something that I feel like I would have to like round out my night. It's like a little bit too. Um, too spicy, I think. A little, a little too spicy too, too for you. Too much going on for me. I mean, it's enjoyable, but it's not exactly my favorite tobacco so mm. far. What would be one of your favorites that you've had so far? I think, um, what was that one? It didn't have granite. It was, um, it was one of the cakes. Oh. That we smoked earlier on. Jeanette's cake. Uh, let's see. One of the cakes. I get, I don't remember what shows you cake were or on. plug or yeah I think it was a plug because hmm. there was there was that oh and I know it was Cornell and Deal 
Spark plug? Yeah. I liked spark plug and I liked, um, wow. It was the one that kind that I said tasted like beef jerky. Oh, like way, way back. Oh, beef, that was, beef. that was, that was the, uh, the brown Irish. Was that black Irish X? Well, black Irish. No, you weren't that. That was that. That was Kendra. That was like a big piece of smoked meat. Yeah, that was where sausage rope. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Beautiful meat. Yes, thank you, Dave. Beautiful meat. Beautiful meat. Beautiful meat. I'll have to go back and and think about that. I I think that was during COVID, like Mm. quarantine COVID. Yeah. All right, we'll have to we'll have to go back and look through the episodes and see if we can find out what that was. Mm. Very interesting. Well, plum pu- plum pudding reserve maybe. Do we be one for that? Yeah, I think I was. Because that was that really, was a plug. That was really good too. Was beautiful. That mm-hmm. was awesome. That was the so first good. one I was thinking. Mm-hmm. The first pipe of tobacco you had was uh, um, squadron leader. Mm-hmm. I still mm-hmm. have a little bit of that. Too. You still have a yeah. little bit. Have you smoked? Now, have you smoked a pipe off the shelf? Yes, you I have. have. Well, okay. Oh, so nice. I was explaining to someone that, at the bar the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were like, you know, like I, I couldn't really get too much into pipes. I just feel like it's too much work, as you hear. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have to keep relighting. And I was like, honestly, like sometimes I feel like when I go to the <laughs> bar, up, I prefer that. I don't want to have something like a cigar where I'm consistently having, um, like puffing on something. And then at the end of the night, I'm like, woo. So I think pipe tobacco is great for <laughs> if you just want to enjoy your drink and like occasionally puff on something, mm-hmm. but not, you know, feel like you're committing a sin by putting it down for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and then picking it back up. So I think pipe tobacco is great for that. So it really yeah. depends on what experience you're looking for when you go in. There you go. So, yes. Yeah. That's, that's it really good. Depends. That's good. Now, Dave, uh, mm. you've got your Nording going over there. My Nording. Your Nording freehand, yes. <laughs> About how, how deep are you into the bowl right mm, now? I'm deep, baby. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. I think I'm about. You're about. I'm about. about <laughs> maybe. I want to say I'm probably about a quarter of the way deep. It's a big bowl. Deep. Only a quarter. Mm. We've been going at this for about 30 minutes, and you're about a quarter of the way in. That's one big bowl. It is a big bowl. It goes, mm-hmm. it goes for, I. this will go for like an hour and a half. I'm gonna That's have, what I'm, she said. I'm, I'm going to have to upgrade at some point because my bowl is very small, and... Uh, <laughs> I see, Dave, I see Dave. I see. I, yeah, well, I, I should have seen that coming. that coming. Yeah, no. he had that coming. I see Dave with his big pipe and Nick with his big gator, and and you you seem to have a pretty decent oh, bowl there too. So I, I, I gotta at some point have to gonna have to upgrade my. Uh, You're gonna my have pipe. to get a Nording. Yeah, well, well not, not not to that extent, Dave. No, no, not to that extent. But we are we are in the future going to be doing a uh, show where we're gonna be dealing with large bowl pipe to bat, uh, large bowl pipes. So maybe that's a, maybe oh. that's a time when you yeah. might expand. Yes. I'll have to do it before then. Pastor Padron's confessional is deeper, better. <laughs> <laughs> Does size matter? <laughs> Tune that's in. What she said. Yes. That is what she said. Beautiful. And then I went Full home. Meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, Dave! Is this has it been changing for you though as you've been smoking down this? Is it or is it staying the same for you? No, the um, I feel like the the stone fruit of the Virginias has gotten more powerful for me, mm-hmm. and at the same time, the Orientals has gotten more powerful for me. The retro hail is absolutely amazing. Um, I think it has to do with that 
ginger cube we put in it. Did you put your ginger cube in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. See? See? I'm, I'm also going to say, Dave, that you and I were in the same predicament earlier today when we, we tried were. this out. So I'm, I'm going to say that we're in a more relaxed environment right now. Mm-hmm. And, and the tobaccos that you're tasting, you weren't tasting before. You and I both agreed we did not taste any stone fruit whatsoever. None. And I couldn't get or any mesquite. mesquite. Yep. Or, you know, so was, now was kind uh, of again, I'm not getting the, the, the stone fruit as much as you are, but Mm-mm. I'm certainly getting the mesquite and uh, the wood and leather tones and that wonderful uh aroma and so it, the, the, yeah the orientals and floral notes well and the, and the and the um black cavendish too there's yeah. there's a real creaminess and kind of a sweet creaminess and out oh, to the smoke that is produced by the black cavendish in there and i i really taste i taste that more than the virginias yes so i am curious i want you guys to add your ginger cube let it sit for like three minutes all right all just right, swirled man. around a bit. Since since you, since I just you, it's an experiment. I have to confirm. Okay, I'm gonna swirl it around. Mm-hmm. I'm swirling. Just leave it for, leave it for three minutes. Now I'm gonna let well. it sit there. Yeah. Not now, for two, not for four, but for three. At least three. Okay, so we'll come back to that in a few minutes, mm-hmm. and and between now and then, I'm going to do. I'll let you know when it's time. Our <laughs> would you rather question. All right, here we go. Okay, and this uh, goes back to Eric and the hammer and sickle. Uh, since I knew he was not going to be here for the second half of the show because he's a wuss when it comes to pipes. He just didn't want to fill the rest of his bowl with tears. He doesn't have a bowl anymore. He gave it to you and you broke it. Yeah, I chomped right through it. Here's the would you rather question. Would you rather see Hammer and Sickle bring back the original Berlin Wall or the Moscow City? Oh, Moscow City. Yeah. Moscow City, Paul. Why, yes. why Moscow City? Because that was their fullest body cigar. Mm-hmm. It was a delicious cigar. And I, I only smoked a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And I should have bought more when we had the opportunity. I never did. And uh, I do miss that one very much. I think, I think it was a great, great cigar. Probably, probably, I would probably say that would be that would be my top hammer and sickle cigar if it was still out there. You the Berlin Wall. Yes. Do you think Eric? No, not the Berlin Wall. The Moscow City. The Moscow City. Moscow Excuse City. me. Yes. Yes. Do you think Eric still has some? Probably. I'm sure he does. He's he's, he's hoarding it. Dave, did you ever experience the Moscow City? I never did. So you can't really answer no, the question. No, I can't. But I still would rather have it because I haven't had it. <laughs> I mean, That's I, what she I, said. You'd rather bring back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what she said. You'd rather bring back the cigar you haven't tried yet yes. than the cigar you have yes. tried in effect. In effect. Mm. Bree, have you ever had the Moscow City? So, I haven't had the Moscow City. However, based on what Paul is saying about how it was like one of their most full bodies, you would say, right? Yes. Um, so, I would say based on that. And based on the fact that tonight was my first time having any of the Berlin Walls mm-hmm. um, and the fact that now we have the box press Berlin Wall, right. I would say bring back the Moscow City just because I think it is important for a cigar brand to have um, a cigar on every spectrum. And I mm-hmm. feel like the Berlin Wall box press is like the perfect cigar to fit that like medium, like 
kind of somewhat easy bodied type of cigar. Mm-hmm. And then if the Moscow is a little bit stronger, that that would be a better cigar to bring back rather than bring back a different size of the Berlin wall. Right. You know what I mean? It kind of just makes sense consistency wise based on what I know. Now we've had Eric on the show several times and I've interviewed Eric, you know, and have known Eric, you know, and, uh, for years and years and years. And until tonight, I did not know that Hammer and Sickle box-pressed every cigar they made in order to figure out which cigar they wanted to box-press. And... Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, that it, yep. it is very cool they did that. Having had the um, Moscow City... Um, with Paul, I would I would say that was my favorite Hammer and Sickle cigar mm-hmm. when it was in production, and along with Brie, I also think it rounded out their selection as their more full bodied, and it wasn't a super strong cigar. It was medium plus at best, but it was the strongest of the things they had to offer. And if if somebody was looking for a fuller bodied cigar, that's where you took them. And, you know, like it is almost across the line, it's the more milder cigars that move the most. And so Moscow City was, you know, among their selection of cigars, the slowest moving uh, uh, brand that they had. And uh, I know with the, the, the factory that was producing it was no longer going to be using the wrapper leaf that the moscow used and so that basically killed it Mm. you know um you know no i know things have changed around since then with them and you know there's opportunity maybe for them to bring it back in some time in the future but um i would really love to see that happen as much as i enjoy the uh original berlin wall um sands the the eight pound granite box <laughs> you know marble box yeah. that they came in um if they put those out in 10 count zip bags like they do the uh the box press berlin wall i'd be very happy with that but the box press really is so much better than the original um oh, yes. it it just totally makes that cigar it's it's amazing to me the difference box pressing makes to that blend and when you smoke cigars where you've got that uh difference you know another cigar that you can test that in is uh cigars purvey mm-hmm. you know you've got the 660 and then you've got the box pressed toro mm-hmm. and the toro is such a different animal yep and i really think a big part of that is the box pressing yep it's a big part of why that cigar is just so impeccably tasty. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So I would go with the uh, Moscow City myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has it been three minutes yet? Have Are we taken up three minutes? Oh, it's been more like ten minutes now. So we have to. All right. So now, now it hasn't quite been ten. Eases in too, like. No, Mind you, mine's been in there a while now. Mm. Oh, like, yes. It's mm-hmm. been like... Oh, oh yes. Oh, there's the spice, spice there yes. now. Mm. Let me... 
Let me tell you, there's some spice there now. Ooh. Let's try that again. Yep. Mm. It's been manipulated. Right? Oh, oh, my nostrils. <laughs> so this confirms with our last cocktail, too, that it didn't get watered down because of the ginger cube garnish. Mm. Mm-hmm. So maybe what you do in the 724 Lounge Brie is you offer <laughs> this whiskey with the ginger drop. Yeah. It's like, okay, if you don't want something that is that sweet, um, we'll add a ginger cube instead of watering it down more with an oh ice cube. yes absolutely yeah. now the question then becomes now that you have a ginger cube in your whiskey who's ever done that before mm. we're probably the first place yeah <laughs> in podcast history lounge. <laughs> to to put a uh, what did we put in here ginger cube ginger cube <laughs> see i can't even think sugar, with all the spices going on now <laughs> now not only has it changed the but how has it changed your impression of the pairing, and how is it changing your experience of the pipe tobacco? Yeah, I think there's definitely more floral notes now. Mm-hmm. Definitely more floral. Yeah, the Orientals are bumping. <laughs> Brie, what about you? What what's what's your take on things? I, I have do you have any tobacco left? I do. It's charred, but I do. Um, well, at least with um, the whiskey itself, I think mm-hmm. the ginger almost did bring out like more of a floral flavor. And then once you hit it with the pipe tobacco, you get like floral and spice. It's like mm. the a 50-50 combo of the two. Um, but the tobacco itself has rounded out a lot more and become um, a little bit smoother. Oh, what do yeah. You think, Paul? It, yeah oh. The, the floral notes are just on steroids right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Floral on steroids. This episode has been brought to you by Ginger. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's 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 not it's lingering on your palate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it it certainly enhances and heightens that floral notes uh, the Orientals big time. Absolutely. Mm. Now next week on not just blowing smoke we have the makeup episode with (laughs) lauren ferraro from ashton she will be here she will be here in person not via skype and we're going to be smoking an ashton esg yes i haven't figured out what size yet but that will be figured out soon enough but we will be smoking the Ashton ESG next week. I am really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. That is the only line of Ashton that I have never actually had before. Wow. Wow. So I'm looking forward to that. Have you had an ESG before? I've had a VSG. You've had the VSG, but not not the the ESG. Yep. You might want to be here next week. You will definitely want to be here. Okay. We'll do. We'll do. Okay. I guess. I guess. Twist my arm. I have to be here again. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) 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 And um, we are also going to be uh, smoking Cornell and Deal's new Christmas blend release for this year. Um, what is the name of that? It is ye- Golden Days Golden, of Yore. Golden Days of Yore. Yes, Christmas in September, huh? Mm. And uh, that's out already. And um, 
goes out on sale on Tuesday, September 8th. That's tomorrow as far as this broadcast is concerned. But we will be uh, smoking that and letting you know about that blend uh, next week. I'm looking forward to that. It's it's a very nice, uh, spicy, spicy little blend there. And um, it's going to be very enjoyable. Now, what's what's our final thoughts on this tobacco, Robert McConnell's St. James Park? I know your first smoke, Paul, was kind of eh. And then with the pairing, you're getting a little more into it. But, I mean, on its own, what would you say? Is this something that you would recommend or not or what? Yes, I, I would say that the first time was less than transcendent. <laughs> the second time is absolutely phenomenal. I think this is a great, great tobacco that uh, mesquite, uh, the, the floral notes, the the wood, uh, the savoriness has really come on. Um, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't going to uh, talk very highly about this based on my first, <laughs> yeah. first experience, but I can honestly say this is, uh, this is really, really a, a, a very, very good tobacco. It's transcendent. I just said that, Dave. <laughs> it's fantastic. Dave, what are your final impressions on this uh, tobacco here? Um, I concur with Paul. My first impressions were kind of like meh. But um, as I went through the bowl, I feel like it really developed more earlier. And um, especially with the pairing now, uh, the Orientals are in, you know, full bloom. Uh, the retro hail is absolutely amazing. Um, the mosquitoes come out. Um, I'm getting very little stone fruit. Um, yeah, I'm totally enjoying it. It's really good. Bree, what's what's your impression of this stuff? Is this something that you would smoke again, or I would think you that um, the, on... the moral of this pipe tobacco story is good things come to those who wait. Off the bat, just mm-hmm. like the rest, I was not really super into it. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's it's all right, it's kind of generic. But um, now, towards the end of my bowl, it is actually very enjoyable. I feel like I've warmed up to it, mm. um, just as the bowl has warmed. It's um, I'm getting, I still have that mesquite that I like, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm also getting a lot more smoothness. I'm also getting like a well-rounded float of floral notes, and um, it's it's lost some of that like intense spice. And I, I think now at this point, it's actually really enjoyable. Awesome. Yeah. Well, there you have it, guys. Mm. And uh, that is it for this week's episode of Not Just Blowing Smoke. We're thankful that you uh, took the time out to be with us tonight. And we look forward to having you back next week when we have Lauren Ferraro on and smoke golden days of yore after we're finished smoking the Ashton VSG. Yeah. You're not going to want to miss next week. That's going to be awesome. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke, people. Thank you very much for being with us tonight. Have a good night, everybody. See ya. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is not just blowing smoke. Rolling with the top down, smoking on a fancy 
You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down, smoking on a fat cigar.